Hello, everyone, and welcome aboard the Gilded Lily. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's focused on telling fun, character-driven stories. Now, what does that mean? Well, we sit down here at our desks, pick up a quill, and pretend to be someone we're not, using these uh, funny-shaped rocks with numbers on them. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. This one here is about a few college roommates who abandon higher education and accidentally become pirates. Well, hopefully the good kind. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. We loosely rely on this system to tell our own stories independent of the lore and problematic content that often comes with these Dungeons & Dragons as you pull them out of the box. In short, it just means that we use dice to decide what happens next to our funny little characters. What adventures will our rascals get into this week? Well, let's roll some dice and find out together. This is Kothak Valir, crew log day three. Zira asked for permission to run into town and pick up some things last night. And as it turns out, her things meant stealing a book from the academy, I think. Based on the alarms going off in the city, uh, I think she may have taken something from one of the reserves. Hard to tell at this point. I confiscated it for now to ensure that it's safe. It's called the Journal of Oak Teresh. Have you heard of this before? Kothak waits patiently in front of the ship's logbook. The quail in his hands lifts into the air and begins to write of its own record. On the page, it reads, Obscure mage of the academy, disavowed for unknown reasons. Magic could be dangerous. Could be normal academy bullshit, though. Discover intentions. I'll look into the book. Kothak then takes the pen and begins to write in the log. Understood. Tell Lucidian we are pursuing a member of the cult, I believe. If you do not hear back from me or any of the other crew members within 10 days, set out a burn order on our ship. Hell, she can do it herself if she wants. We will not be taken like the others. Kothak out. So you're a terrible person. It was from a library, though. Technically, I didn't do anything it's illegal today. I think library. stealing from a library is really bad. Is it? Aren't you? It's a campus library at that. Red said he hasn't done anything illegal today, and at this point, you guys would be waking <laughs> up, so it would be the next day. <laughs> I didn't do anything illegal yesterday either. Well, wait. You stole a book. I didn't steal anything. I just you had a conversation with a lady. Is illegal. Whether you knew that you were helping or not, you. Oh, you just yeah. said go distract this lady. Mm-hmm. So I talked to her. I think stealing a book 
is not a crime. Like, I, I don't think I'd go to jail for that. So, boom, not a crime. Not from what the alarms we just heard. Uh, those were what red. Is the alarm, it's free, by the it's, way? It is a free library, too. That's really fucked up. That's what I'm saying. You know how much debt I have from tuition? They stole a book from the Bismuth Reserve, which is like the protected part of the library that is like guarded by an attendant at all times. But is it oh, free? Oh, no. Carolina, I'll give you a hint. Right next to the book that he took, there was a pedestal that said Book of True Names, and it was empty. Oh, God. Stole two books. That's fucked up. Look, the only reason that we have, I mean, the only reason why I took the book like I did was because it was like, it wasn't readily available, and I had to come on the ship. So I couldn't read it there. I'd still be reading it if I was on campus. I just Look, but I, I don't think I don't think because I really want it is a good explanation for taking something you are not supposed to take. That's not yours. Really, That's the not fact yours. is, I would still be reading it if we were on campus. Yeah, like, but what about the other students that want to learn and read it too? Now they can't. Okay. So Good I job. can check the book out for three weeks at a time. Three Therefore, weeks. So we're going back in three weeks, three weeks to, to we're going back time. in three weeks to put it back. Okay, anyway, anyway, too many unknowns. So you all awaken um, the next morning after a long kind of relatively calm voyage overnight. The smell of coffee hits your nose immediately. Do any of you drink coffee? I'm a water boy. Zira does not drink coffee, but I can go for some milk. Riley sometimes, (laughs) but begrudgingly. I think I... Need coffee to function. He, he never finishes his cup. It's like a couple swigs. Ugh. Okay, so, Ioana, you awaken to the smell of strong coffee that hits your nose. I go on autopilot just straight for the coffee. Uh, I just... Uh, I, I think that maybe I didn't really drink coffee, but then my, my teacher, uh, Yasmin, just uh, got me into this habit of drinking coffee every morning and now i basically am not properly awake until i have coffee so you open up the door um to your to your kind of chamber and first thing you catch is that there are a lot of members of the crew kind of pooled around the center of this big open the cannons are flanking the room on each side and in the center you can see they're all crowded around someone who has like kind of pulled out this this table and atop of it there is like a big pot that's being heated by um, coals and a fire beneath. Next to, next to that, they have like a big, big kind of jug, uh, like almost like a big canteen. And there are people lined up in front of it. You can see them pouring out cups. And you wait in line um, to get your food. And after a few minutes, um, you walk up to, the, to this kind of table and see a very stout halfling. His hair is kind of cut very, 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 very short. Um, it's almost like buzzed all the way up to the sides. And they're kind of standing there with this big kind of white apron um, stitched on it by hand. It looks like you can see um, a symbol of like a claw and a wing. Um, and this kind of stout little halfling looks up at you and goes, Hello there. Hi, can I have some coffee, please? You look new. I don't think we've met. I'm Joanna, the coffee drinker. Um, he looks around, but there are a lot of those here. Um, hold on. And he kind of motions to the, the pit, like the, the big canteen of coffee and kind of 
pulls it over and takes like a, a ceramic mug and pours you some. Here you go. Thank you. Good old bean juice, as I call it. Thank you. And I'm gonna drink the coffee, but I hate the taste. Oh. So I'm gonna I'm going to use prestidigitation to make it taste like cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so smart. Does it also smell like cocoa? That's a that's a brilliant idea. No, I I, I, I love the smell of coffee and uh, and I think it's it's a wonderful aroma, but the taste is terrible. So mm. I am going to uh, drink my coffee smelling cocoa. Um. So you visibly kind of wave your hand over this and there's a, a, a faint glitter of magic that infuses with a mist and change, changes its color and this guy leans in what did you do there i made it very sweet and chocolatey <gasps> do you not like my cooking i is the coffee bad what was wrong with it all coffee is bitter i don't like bitter i just i need to i'm sorry i i will have a very polite conversation with you when i'm awake can I have my coffee yeah. now, please? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Here, get some food. We have we have biscuits for everybody. I'm sorry. I'm 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 an. I was told I'm an asshole before I have a coffee. I will be not an asshole after I have a coffee. So I'm sorry. That's fine. That's a. It's a lot of people on this ship. I just wander <laughs> off, ignoring anything but, but, that he uh, says to me. <laughs> don't don't forget the this. Bye. Um, and you walk off. What would the rest of you be doing this um, morning? I want to be behind her, and I want to take that extra biscuit. Yeah, that's that's what I want to do. Okay. Do you talk to the, the cook at all, or you just leave it? Uh, yeah. So I grab biscuit. Um, I I ask him if there's any milk, or I can just say, is is there any milk? Um, no. Mostly because we are going to be sailing for like a week and a half, and it gets hot down here. That milk's that milk's gonna go bad real fast. I guess that makes sense. We have coffee, some water, and for now, butter and biscuits for the morning for the breakfast. Um, can I get a, a water and a biscuit? And that was actually my friend. Um, I'm gonna take her biscuit to her, and I get I just grabbed that one too. Roll me a persuasion check. <laughs> persuasion, persuasion. He didn't get any sushi. <laughs> That's why. Sixteen. Literally. Yeah, I haven't eaten in like two days. Um, this person narrows um, his eyes at you and he goes, "Okay, you seem pretty uh, on the up and up. Um, I can't be doing this too often, you no, know, because we're, we're rationing everything. Um, but uh, if you see, if you see Freya, uh, don't don't mention me. Okay. And then he slides a second biscuit to you. Thank you so much. Mom's the word. I see it lunch. I take my biscuits and, and water and I go. Okay. I also can, can I do one more thing? Yeah. Can I can I go up to Joanna and I ask her, can you make this taste like juice? Uh we, juice. sure, yes, I can. I can do that. Prestigitation. <laughs> and so it then, kind of it kind of looks like I'm sprinkling something. The gesture is I'm I'm kind of, it looks like I'm sprinkling something on top of, of the <laughs> that's so cool um yeah so i guess the rest of you kind of also get breakfast too uh i'm knocked oh. out like what <laughs> time is it this is like like eight o'clock in the morning or like seven yeah this is very early morning you know i'm not i'm still in bed just probably won't wake up to like 11 Oof. okay that's a bad that's a bad yeah. sign okay, okay. unless uh, someone like knocks on my door 
What about you, Riley? Um, so I go up to him, and uh, I just ask, "Can I get a really small cup of coffee?" And uh, and I heard there was a glass of water. Can I get a glass of water too? Yeah, yeah. Here, here. Take some. Everybody only gets one for the for the day. We'll be serving more food later. But oh, well, that's that's fine. Uh, and I I guess I take a biscuit too. Uh, uh, he he has two cups and a biscuit on top of both while he's trying to balance it. And he's like, oh, uh, I don't know how this works. Uh, do do I uh. I, do I pay you or? Oh, oh here. No, and no, no, no. He fishes out a silver and he he puts it on the table. Oh, uh, thank you. And then he walks away. He has no idea how this works if he has to pay. And he fiddles along. You see the this halfling kind of pick it up and pocket it. All right, next, come on. I don't. Uh, we don't have all day. Um, and other people start kind of getting food and doing their thing. And the morning passes pretty quickly. Red around noon ish. You hear a. <laughs> Like a loud thumping on your door. Come in. The door is locked. You can hear the handle. I roll out of bed. I uh, I unlock the door. Hey Neil. What are you doing? Talking to you? No shit. I mean, look, I like you, but you gotta get up earlier. Earlier? What time is it? Most of crew has been awake since um, four hours ago. Four fucking oh shit. It's it's noon. Yeah, most of my jobs are at night. Sorry, I, I'll get used to it. We need some. We need extra pair of hands to um, pack cannons, prepare for potential encounter, if any. Ooh, um, I'll help with that. Okay. Um, so you kind of quickly get up and follow Neil down below decks, and you kind of spend the next hour or two going through. He's kind of showing you how to work with the black powder and pack the cannons um, for any potential combat that comes up. They're not quite ready to fire, but they're a lot more prepared than they are. Gotcha. Um, he goes, sometimes when we are in pursuit, we uh, we have to fight. They may turn ambush either. Mm-hmm. Better safe. Sorry. Can I have some of this this powder? No. You should not take it. No? Okay. That's a hard no? Imagine what would happen if you had uh, a black powder in your pocket and you suddenly catch on fire. I mean, but if I catch on fire, that's just bad in general. Yes, but... Okay. You burn your hand on pot? Yes, that sucks. You have black powder in your pocket and you burn your hand on pot? What if pot touch pocket? You lose leg! But why is the pot touching my pocket if it's touching my hand? Not my... Not the point. The point is, if you have black powder on you and you catch on fire, you also explode. Yeah, but I'm not planning on catching on fire. Okay, never mind. I won't have it in my pocket no no take black powder we need we do not have much okay there are lots of rules and safety i know like me you are security but black powder could become useful if we have to fight so you know take sure <laughs> you're still like in a sleepy daze he leans in like he looks you up and down have you seen it what the demon of fire and brimstone that leaves in our ship. So this place is haunted. Yeah. Um, roll me an insight check. <laughs> oh shit. Why insight? Oh god. Zero. <laughs> what? <laughs> a street zero. You see him kind of like a grim look comes over his face and he smiles and goes, Yes. Hidden living within the walls of our ship is a demon who covets black powder 
Do you have it on you? He will kill you and eat you in your sleep. So, so I can ask him for some powder? You want to take powder from the powder to you? No, I want him to give me some powder. I'm not going to take it from him. Mm, that's a hard bargain. It might cost you a limb or a finger. He like holds up his hand and you can see there's a scar on one of his ring fingers, like a really deep scar. Oh, it's expensive. Okay. Well, why, why, why don't you guys get an exorcism or something on the ship? Demons can be useful sometimes. He smiles and then like kind of turns on his heel and starts to walk away quickly. Okay. And let's pull to somebody else on the ship. What would you guys like to be doing? This is kind of us passing time on your way to um, Strider's Landing. So I think that first of all, after I wake up and drink the coffee, I will like do my like morning exercise routine. So a lot of lots of push-ups and uh, <laughs> just uh, you know, uh, this is this is how you wake up properly. Uh, and uh, as soon as I'm done with that, I first of all would like to like make sure I know people on the ship. So I would uh, just you know walk around like talk to people. I will definitely find that poor cook and apologize for being a terrible morning person uh, and uh, and uh, throughout the day I think I would like to uh, maybe stick close to Vapa uh, I mean I know how to draw maps so I think maybe I can eat, maybe help her with some of her like navigation cartography tasks mm -hmm. or learn something from her and also I will be very carefully checking the horizon for any signs of tentacles at any point okay lots of things to do but basically that's like throughout the journey this is what this is what joanna would be doing getting to know people uh following vapa around and exercising okay so first things first um we'll cut back to the cook by the time you wake up and return to normal function after your workout um the cook is gone after some asking around to like kind of the miscellaneous sailors of the crew I don't have them named. We're going to kind of come up with names on the fly as you need to address people, which is fun. Um, but you find a small room in the lower deck of the ship um, and you pop it open and inside you find this um, kind of wirely, wiry halfling that you met before with the lemon served you coffee. And he goes, oh, hi, uh, large kind of not so happy lady. Um, the coffee help? I, yes, it did. I'm, I'm really sorry. My name is Joanna, and I was rude before. I probably will be rude tomorrow as well, but uh, I'm sorry. I am only rude in the morning. Hi, uh, what's your name? I totally... That's fine. Um, uh, I'm Henry Millet. I'm the, uh, the cook aboard the Lily. And you can see that this person is in the middle of making some kind of stew for, like, the midday meal. Um, what's your name? Uh, I'm Joanna, Joanna Vilheli, and uh, I'm security. Um, oh, good. So, just joined. So, um, I'm just trying to get to know everybody, and uh, I'm sorry I made a bad first impression. I no, hope the that's... second one, and the third one, and the fourth one will be better than the first one. I gotta say, the fact that you came back to talk to me means a lot. Our last security crew didn't talk to anyone but Vava, Kothak, and Neil, so this is a, a welcome sight. Uh, yeah, I like to know people that I work with. Uh, so, um, nice to meet you, Henry. I see that you're busy. I will not disturb you, and I hope to taste your delicious stew, is it? Uh, Peace stew today. for today. Great. I'm sure it will be very, very good. It's lovely. Um, thanks. 
all right. And the coffee, the coffee really helped. It really did. Um, and uh, I leave. See ya. Um, and the, you kind of close the door behind you, and you can hear this person kind of <laughs> like humming a tune as they're making the, they're putting the food together. You wanted to talk to Vapa, yeah? Uh, not necessarily talk to Vapa about anything. I just uh, kind of, if, if she lets me, uh, I would like to kind of observe her, uh, use the maps, and uh, maybe learn a thing or two. Okay, I think we can settle this um, with. Roll me a skill check with your cartographer's tools. Uh, okay, so would this be uh, with... Because I'm, I'm proficient with cartographer's tools, so mm -hmm. I will be adding proficiency. Is this intelligence and proficiency? Um, I think because in 5th in edition, survival is like a wisdom-based check, I think that might be yeah. better. If you want to kind of okay. go intelligence, okay. that's okay. fine. Okay. Makes, sense. Makes sense. So, So let's roll just with plus two in this case. Mm -hmm. uh, whoa, okay, that's 19. 19, okay, fairly well. So you're pretty familiar with cartography, um, at least on the coastlines of Esperon. Some things you do pick up that you didn't necessarily know before. You know the techniques about map making, um, kind of using pivotal landmarks to base out your location. And as the ship makes its way down the business channel, um, one thing you do notice that Vapa likes to take very careful note of are low sandbars, which at first you didn't notice because you didn't really know to look for it. But you can see spots on the water. Now, the Bismuth Channel is easily like 200 miles across. Um, so it's a lot of space and you can't really see land on either side. It's a very wide, like, expansive water. Um, but you do notice there are sections where the water is a lot lighter than others. Um, and when working with Vapa throughout the day, she kind of notes that she likes to keep track of these low sandbars, specifically if they get in combat with another ship, because they're out here on the open water. They like to keep the sandbars in between them and their opponents so that the sandbars, they can use them as a natural barrier so they can't get boarded easily. So with your cartographer, cartographer's tools, you and her together kind of make note of new formations because the water, it moves, it changes, and the sandbars moves in this channel as well. And that's something that you kind of take note of throughout the day. After you, Yolanda, you kind of spend the day with Appa, just going through this, um, the day passes without incident. Um, and you are one, one step closer to catching up with this ship. Now, the next piece of this trip, it's this travel is roughly 10 days at sea, so it's a while. I think it would be better for narrative if we kind of, if there's anything else you all would like to do or accomplish narratively along this stretch we can um we'll just do it as little scenes and kind of fast forward through the days okay uh, i'd probably try and um play cards with the crew okay uh so red i think we'll solve this with a how are you trying to play are you trying to be good or are you trying to cheat like um i don't like to cheat <clears throat> Ooh, sorry I don't like to cheat when um, playing cards because it's it's not. I like the the thrill of the luck, mm -hmm. so I, I'd be fair. Okay. And and not cheat for this pure skill. So I think here's how we'll solve this. Roll me a d one hundred. Ooh. Because I don't want to go through the process of rolling out a whole game because it's just going to be us rolling dice and see who rolls. <clears throat> um, mm -hmm. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. 
Um, so with this, you you lose a little bit of money in this game. Um, I'll tell uh-huh. you here, just for the mechanic of this, it was like a high-low thing. Um, right. You roll below the threshold, so you lost some of your games. But the advantage of this is the crew really likes you now. Um, <laughs> you have a you have a pretty rousing game of cards with um, Neil, mm. Cordial Wilhelm, who was the um, the guy that gave you guys ale. Well, gave everyone else ale when they first boarded the ship, along with the other two members of the security team who were working with you. Um, Susanna Alasso, who is the the purple skin kind of tiefling woman with ram horns, and then Nadia Waltz, who um, she's a woman with this kind of long black hair that's kind of curled into a French braid. And together, the three of them kind of beat your butt in a, a couple games of poker. Um, roll me a d6. Damn. <clears throat> One. One. Oh, thankfully, you only lost ten, um, ten gold if you had it. Ten gold? Not one gold? Okay. Oh. How much gold do I have right now? Shit. <clears throat> Probably not a lot. Um, I got not a lot is right. Um, at the end of the day, you're kind of dis- a little disheartened, but Neil is like, if you do not, you want, you do not want to play with big league. You can uh, play with the rest of the crew. They usually meet at night um, during the night watch. Much lower stakes. Lower stakes. That's no fun. It was fun playing with you, though. You are, you have a good poker face. Mm-hmm. He looks to the other two with kind of like a knowing smile. <laughs> this isn't over, Neil. This isn't over. I like throwing the competitions. Yes. Mm. I'll get you next time. <laughs> Bastard. Um, and as you say this, we pull away um, to see Riley kind of shadowing Baba throughout her day. Um, a lot of the time she's using magic to kind of pay attention. Like she's using divination magic to kind of look ahead and check for bad weather conditions and things like that. And then altering the courses accordingly to kind of weave around potential dangers um, that could slow the ship down. At one point you find her in her chamber um, with her scrying orb. She is kind of peering into it. Inside you can see like dark clouds with strikes of lightning weaving between them. Um, and then she kind of makes some notes on her map and it goes up and informs Kothak to change course a little bit. Um, can you roll me an Arcana check? Or better question, what do you want to try and learn from her? Um, he's just honestly like a magic file. He doesn't care what it is, Not nothing in particular. It's just if it's magic, he wants to know about it. Okay. Um, so you spent, so I- in that case... Um, one thing that you do catch is that as the navigator of the ship, she likes, she tends to use her divination magic, which takes up a lot of energy, which in a game term, we call that spell slots, but at periodic times throughout the day. So like every couple hours, she'll use a, a, a spell to check like ahead on the ship's course where it's going to make sure there's nothing in the way. It's a very, for her, it's a very active job, um, which you haven't been on a ship before, so you don't know if that's necessarily the case all the time. Um, before we move on to our next cool kind of scene I had planned, is there anything else you would like to accomplish in these 10 days? 
I just was one thing because we're security, so we're probably also supposed to be on the lookout and just be, you know, observing if there is any danger incoming. Mm-hmm. And uh, like maybe my shifts and red shifts to be on the um, on the on the lookout are always are never overlapping. So like when red is, asleep, <laughs> I am on the lookout, so we never can have this arm wrestling match. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're supposed to be looking out for stuff. That's what we got hired for. Whoever's looking on watch, which at this point I assume is Red and Yolanda, um, you kind of split up, all of you split up your shifts during the day. Though Riley, weirdly enough, spends most of his shift shadowing Vapa and not really doing what he's supposed to. After the first day or so, she's okay with it. And then she's like, you know, you should uh, be keeping watch. I appreciate that you wish to learn from my trade, but uh, if Kovac sees you slacking off... Oh, oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just, uh... I get really enthralled with, like, the uses of magic, and I, I haven't really... Your area of expertise isn't my area of expertise, so and I, I really didn't know how magic would work on a boat this size, so... I, I understand. When your shift when your shift is done, I can show you the ropes, so to speak. Um, but for now, continue to watch. Well, thank you. Hey there, adventurers, and I hope you're enjoying the fun so far. Welcome to the mid-roll. If you enjoy our show, please take the time to support us by following us on Twitter, at Tales of Asperon, that's A-S-P-E-R-R-A-N. Reviewing us on Podchaser, or Apple Podcasts, or, you know, just telling your friends about us. Storytelling is my passion, and I want to bring that passion to as many people as I can through telling stories. If you want to learn more about the show, or name your very own NPC, that's non-player character, check out our website at www.toapodcast.com. This week, I would love to give a shout out to a show called Nature Check. I'm a sucker for science and definitely in love with shows that incorporate that into their stories. Take it away, Cheryl. What happens when you get a bunch of truly nerdy scientists together and force them to play tabletop role-playing games? You might be surprised. Nature Check is a TTRPG channel you can find on Twitch, YouTube, and podcast apps everywhere. Join the fun as the cast explores fantasy worlds and connects your favorite gaming moments to real-life science. If you like TTRPGs, ridiculous jokes, and nerdy fun facts, then Nature Check is the show for you. Alright, let's get back to the show. They split up your watch to kind of track through the day. Most of you have the day shift while Neil and the other two um, kind of split the night shift, just keeping keep an eye out. Basically, when you're on shift, it's your job to sit in the crow's nest and just keep looking around. Yeah, I would be useless for the night shift. I don't see in the dark. So. Mm-hmm. Pretty high up. Yeah, that's why they have kind of skewed these out um, to make it a little bit more advantageous. So... Can I get a perception check from Yolanda? Uh, it's a 16. A 16, okay. Um, so throughout your day, you don't see much. Um, one thing, because you had worked, spent some of your off time working with Vapa, you notice some sandbars that you quickly inform someone down the chain and Kothak adjusts his navigation and Vapa is making notes of these. Um, off in the distance, you do see um, 
a pair of giant winged creatures. Their wingspan is easily wider than your ship, but they keep their distance. They're pretty far away, and they're pr- it's pretty easy to see them even without the telescope. They get close enough. Um, but looking through the spyglass, you can see... Um, I guess this would be the first dinosaur that has made its way into the podcast, huh? What? A dinosaur? Um, no. <laughs> uh, no. Have you guys ever heard of um, Quetzalcoatlus? Of course. Oh. Yeah. I'm send a picture. Basically, they are, you know, like, think of a pterodactyl. Those are like the pigeons of this type of dinosaur. Um, they're like this, they're, they're yeah. giant. That's stupidly large head. <laughs> yep. They're, they're like the, roughly the size of a giraffe. Um, but imagine if you took a pterodactyl, gave them the ability to walk on all fours when they're on land and they're like the height of a giraffe. They're huge. So at a distance, you can see them with their wings spread fully span, just a pair of them flying by. Um, when you look in with the telescope, you can see that. Each of them has this kind of vibrant, like, teal plumage um, around the base of their necks. And they have, like, black stripes of feathers going down their back. Um, but they steer pretty far and pretty clear of you. They're not really a threat, but there's something to know as you go. Um, would anyone else like to take some time to look out? Um, I mean, I rolled a nine. Okay, yeah, you don't see much. <laughs> yeah. Um, for most of your, yeah, most of your watch, it's fairly boring. There's some points where you're, like, nodding off because it's so dull. Uh, would anyone else like to roll? I rolled a 14. Ooh. Okay. You notice in your telescope, uh, like, through the, the spyglass, off in the distance you can see a ship, um, and it's bearing the flag of the Empora, which you know is kind of like the military of New Bismuth. They're like the policing force, and you can see their ship. They, they usually prowl on the ocean looking for pirates or transporting other ships, but this one seems to be alone. Um, and it's sailing in your direction. Riley, what would you like to do? At this point, it's probably like two miles out, but it's heading in your direction pretty quickly. Say within the hour, it'll be right in your trajectory. He would um, take out a piece of wire speak into it and say uh uh mr kothak sir uh uh there's a emporo ship heading in our direction um and yeah and then he breaks the wire and the message is sent to kothak um a few moments later you hear kothak go thank you riley um keep an eye out let me know if they seem to be mobilizing at all i will make preparations on our end um, and while all of you are on the deck, you hear Kothak. Everyone on board, spread the word. We're doing a silent pass-by. Stay as quiet as possible, and then there's a very, very good chance they won't even know we're here. Um, and would anybody be with or near Vapa at the moment? Nah. Is Vapa near Kothak? Because I'm keeping an eye on him at all times. Oh, you are. Okay, so um, yeah, let's just say v- uh, Vapa is on top of the ship. She has, she's kind of done her preparations for the day, um, at least on scrying, and she's enjoying a sunbathe. Um, and while this happens, you see her stand up, and she kind of goes over to that stone circle beneath the ballista and starts configuring the magic again. And around the ship, you can see everyone is kind of tying down anything that looks like it can move. 
um, and starting to head below deck. Um, while who else would be up top? I think if they are like beginning to like move things and secure things, uh, and and you know, uh, I think I would be helping with that. Uh, I I'm I'm able to like move heavy stuff and help secure things. Okay. Um, Same so with me. While you two are moving this, Neil um, kind of fills you in. You're helping him kind of secure down crates. He's actually taking the cannons and rolling them away from. There's like a small, like one or two small cannons up top. They look like swivel guns. He's like pulling them down and covering them up. And Neil goes, "This this happens from time to time. Um, Vapa is going to engage a cloak, and we are going to try and remain as quiet as possible. There is a very good chance that this ship will approach uncomfortably close. But if we're quiet, they shouldn't even notice we're here. Okay, let's make sure everything is tied down so it doesn't make noises. Okay. Um, can I get... Hmm, I wonder what we want to call this. What kind of skills do you think would be applicable? Uh, maybe athletics? Maybe I would be, like, making sure that I'm dragging along heavy things and... and I mean, those guns that you mentioned, they're definitely not light. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so yeah, both of you roll me athletics checks. Unless, Red, you want to do something different. I mean, I'm proficient with not tying, apparently. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah, or water vehicles. Oh yeah, you can use the proficiency there, definitely. I like how that didn't come up in your pitch to Kotha. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Completely. I know I'm about not... boats. No, no, no. I cannot swim. <laughs> I can't swim. I mean, I can swim. I was lying. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> I thought it was serious. Uh, That's amazing. I got 13 on athletics. Okay. I got 11. 11. Okay, both of you pass. It's a 10 because you have you have plenty of time. With that, both of you make your way around the, the ship and mostly pull the cannons away from the edges and tie them down. Um, you make your way below ship and make sure that every little gun port, every little piece of the ship that can move on its own as the ship moves and creeps in the water, you seal down. Um, as this is happening, though, you guys notice that when you climb up on the deck of the ship, the water that you would normally hear sloshing against the edge of your ship is almost silent. You can see, as you're looking around for the last bits of things to tie down, that Vapa is now sitting in this circle. Um, some of the crew have moved that ballista out of the way, and she has her hands together in this kind of motion, and her eyes are closed, and she's just breathing slowly, like in and out, in kind of a meditative state. Does this look anything like the um, kind of magic that I saw her using in the vision? I don't remember exactly what she was using, but she was also like gesturing and, and using some ritual form of magic when I saw her in the vision. Um, yeah, roll me a arcana check, I think, because it was a tense dream. Whoa, okay, uh, that's a 24. Nice. You do recognize one thing, and it's the hand motion. Um, okay. You don't know entirely what, and something maybe occurs to you in your vision that when you saw her standing at the helm, she might have been standing on this circle in your vision, or very close to it. But you saw her do a very similar hand gesture with her hands. So she has her finger, like her hands clasped together, and like her ring, both of her ring and index fingers are like overlapping each other, like she's holding hands. And then her middle finger and her pointer finger are kind of pointing up. And her thumbs are touching, like, close to her chest. And she's just slowly breathing in and out. 
in and out. Um, and, and with every breath, you hear, like, you, you notice her as you see her, her, like, shoulders and her chest slump in and let out a very heavy breath. You notice the sound of the water gets quieter and quieter until it's dead silent as you guys are moving through the water. Um, Kothak is still standing at the helm of the ship, and he just quickly says to you, we probably have about five minutes, um, and they're going to pass right by us. Prepare for a fight if we need it, but try not to make any noise. Okay. Um, can I get a stealth check from everyone? Hold on. We're gonna die. 21! So, can I see if Kothak's chambers are open? <laughs> oh my god. Oh god! I just really want to see do. Really? You're stealing more than me. I've got six on stealth. I got 18 on stealth. Okay, okay. Three. Okay, so here's what happens. Um, this was a group check. Ironically, half of you passed and half of you failed. So this is going to come down to a dice roll. Oh no. As you're sitting here quietly, um, Yolanda, you're kind of right at the edge of the ship. Um, Riley, you're sitting up in the, um, the crow's nest. You see this ship slowly approach. It's a large ship. It's larger than yours. It's definitely a galleon. You can tell just by the number of guns on the sides of it, which means if it wanted to engage with you, it would probably shred your ship. Um, and it's maybe a hundred feet away. The ship passes by you, and the one thing you do notice is that as it gets closer, you're looking through your spyglass, and you can see um, there are people aboard the ship. Um, there's someone in the crow's nest looking around with a familiar spyglass. Not familiar with, it, with a spyglass as well. You can see there's someone helming the steering wheel, and as the ships get closer and closer, Riley, you can feel your heart beating faster and faster. And then in one moment, they are probably about 70 feet away. Like, if you wanted to curl a crossbow bolt, you probably could hit somebody from here. That's how close they are. The ship passes, and you can hear the water churning against the side of the ship, because it's going pretty quick. And, Riley, in that moment, you watch as the person with the spyglass looks directly at you. They don't react, but you do, because you think they can see you for a brief moment. And you take a, take a, a sharp breath. And the spyglass slips out of your hand and falls. And Yuana, right behind you, you hear a piece of metal hit the deck of the ship and you hear glass shatter. How does she respond to this that indicates how bad her stealth check was? I think I am going to... My first thought is, oh my god, this is worth a thousand gold. My second thought is going to be, I can fix it. And then I'm going to quite loudly cast Mending. <laughs> Okay, how do you... What does it sound like when you do this? Uh, so there is a, there is a verbal uh, component to mending. So there is some kind of incantation that I need to say. Uh, so I am going to uh, just, you know, grab the, the broken spyglass uh, and, and uh, make a gesture that I need to cast the spell for mending. I, there's also a, a material component, so two lodestones. Um, but I, I basically like cast the spell very quickly, and and just the incantation just jumps out of my eyes. It's like it's loudly, just just scream it out, and it's it's very audible. Okay, um, you say this as the ship is passing, and oh, no. who's looking at the other ship? 
I'm looking at the spyglass. Okay. Um, so I want it. You're both looking down at the spyglass, and none of you seem to notice that at the very edge of the other ship, right up against the rail, someone was walking by, and they have stopped. And they kind of are looking out onto the water. And they kind of lean over the edge. Now, because you got your ship is cloaked right now with a spell... So I That's rolled two, cool. two d20s are with uh, disadvantage because the ship's invisible. And my lowest is a 10. This person looks around. They kind of lean over the edge of the ship and look in the distance. And then you see them look down and you can clearly see that there is a small, like, um, rowboat dangling off the side of the ship. And there are two people in the rowboat um, patching it up. Um, as it's kind of dangling off the side, there are, like, holes in it. And you hear a like a hammer and the person looking over the edge goes are you all right down there why don't you just yell um and the other guy like you see one person lean back and go no we're all right nothing here we're good i almost hit my finger on the nail um and the person up top goes all right if anything if you hear anything let me know and the ship silently passes a little bit further away further away and while you're mending this you hear Kothak after about a minute or two of you mending it and putting it back together Kothak goes that was very close I'm so sorry I didn't mean to be so loud it's your first time be careful be more careful next time thankfully nothing came of it this time that was a warship um, if they, if we had suddenly appeared out of thin air, um, that would have been bad. Yes, it would. And I kind of very gingerly hand the, um, the spyglass to him. And I really hope I didn't mess up the spell and that it is still usable. Um, so you, you hand it over to him and he says... Go below deck, tell the rest of the crew to remain for about an hour, just in case. Um, I don't want any noise catching their attention, especially if they have scryers, like uh, we have Vapa. Yes, sir. And with that, you go de- go down below deck and let everyone know. And the ship kind of continues in silence for another hour or two. Zira, let's settle this book. Don't know. <laughs> or try to. Okay. Yeah. I'm down. Unless you want to, unless you want to wait. Um, no, I don't. I need that book. So, an hour passes in silence, you heard this message, and then the crew kind of comes up from beneath deck and everything starts to roll again. At this point, we have fast-forwarded a couple days. Um, you are probably about seven days into this journey, roughly. Again, the, the Bismuth Channel is relatively safe because there's land within at least a day and a half's journey at either edge. But the crew is kind of back to normal after that very, very close encounter. And you're up on the deck of the ship. Your watch has just ended. What would you like to do? Um, I want to look for Kothak. Okay, you find him pretty quickly. Um, he's taken a break from helming the ship and handed it off to um, one of the other sailors. You actually find him sitting down at the back of the ship, um, enjoying a snack. Actually, it'd be the front end of the ship. There's a large ballista. Um, you pass through the doors of the um, 
the storage quarters and make your way through to the back where he's uh, kind of seated down in a chair enjoying the water and the wind in his face. Hey, Kothak. What you what you got there, buddy? Just um, a little pork sandwich. Henry oh. threw it together for me. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's he's so good, isn't he? That's things he can make with the little materials we have. That's yeah. it's great. Um, How can I help you? So I'm almost done my, uh, you know, I, I've been studying on my downtime. I've, I've been doing my, my chores. Um, but I am almost out of books. So I would like to, uh, you know, the one that you have in your possession. Can I read it? Can I, can I get it back, please? Sir? Over the past few days, I have been communicating with a friend of mine about the tome you've taken. As far as I'm aware, there are only a few of these in existence, Mm -hmm. according to my contact. This magic is powerful, or it can be if if applied correctly. What do you intend to do with it? Um, well, I want to learn everything that's that's in it. I don't have any necessarily, uh, I I don't have a particular path that I want to take as of yet. I'm I'm still studying it. still fairly new to the study as well um but you know if it's really dangerous maybe you could look at it with me and then we could make something happen you know we could be allies with my new cool magic it is a tool which means that how you choose to use it is the part that scares me tell me what do you understand about the magic you're wielding i know that once I extract their true name, there's certain certain spells I can cast that do different things. You gain a measure of power over them. Yes, exactly. Now, my contact knows of this form of magic a little bit. Do you know why that gives you a measure of power over someone else? No. No, I don't. No. That is good to know. Does that mean you're not going to tell me? I feared that, like any mage, there was potential that you would be using something you didn't quite understand, which is why artifacts like this are kept in secure places like the Bismuth Reserve. Granted, I absolutely condone you stealing from a higher institution, especially the School of the Mists, because... Well, my contact was kicked out of the School of the Mists. They thought he was... They thought he was insane. They were very wrong. So, that... I'm fine with that. I will give you back your tone. Yes. But issue it with a warning. One, if there is any evidence that you're using this magic in any malicious way against anyone on this crew, I will personally throw you overboard myself. Okay. Second. Oh, two warnings. You're gaining a measure of power over others through their name. A name is important to a person. It's who they consider themselves to be. It may not be the name that they were born with, but a person pulling on that string and gaining control over someone is dangerous. You're pulling on a thread connected directly to their soul. 
And I need you to be aware of that before I give you back this tome. Okay. With your magic, you can cause irreparable damage to a person, even if it's simple, something simple as making them trip and fall over. I would never use it like that. Roll me a persuasion check. I'm not lying. <laughs> I know. If, if you were lying, it would be deception. <laughs> yeah, persuasion is better. No, I got a four. I will be honest with you. I still don't trust your intentions. But we'll consider this an experiment. If you use this tool to keep my people safe, I can allow it. Um, and he reaches into his um, shirt and reaches his hand into a pocket that is, seems very small. And he pulls out from the pocket and procures the whole book, which looks like it shouldn't have fit in there. And he puts the book out to you. Thank you. You, you had it. You had it on you. Okay. As as you go to take it, he squeezes it. I will be keeping an eye on you. And he lets go. Okay. Thank you. And then I run back to my room. Okay. As you run off to your room, um, we're going to fast forward the next couple of days across the water. You don't encounter any other ships or anything much else of note. The sea is quiet in these next couple of days. But after some time on the horizon, um, who would like to be on watch for this? Mm, I'll be on watch. Um, Zira, you're sitting up in the crow's nest and peeking through with the newly repaired spyglass. You are scanning along the water and in the distance you can see a tree line start to give shape. It's a few miles away, which you can see pretty clearly with the, um, with the spyglass, but land is beginning to approach. Your best guess, based on what you've heard Vapa talk about, this is likely the coastline that leads to Strider's Landing. What would you like to do with this information? Uh, I want to tell the nearest crewmate. You're up pretty high, um, but... Uh, then, I, then I scream, Land Ho! That's, that's what I say. <laughs> you all hear... Who are you calling Ho? <laughs> <laughs> you hear Neil laughing. <laughs> Your voice echoes across the deck. Or as you see the, the, the coastline here starting to appear in your vision. After a moment or two, the ship starts to slow as you see Kothak directing some of the sailors to start to fur out the sails and slow your approach. And Kothak yells up to you. He says, Zira, take a look at the coast. See if you can see any ships or anything else out there. All right. I look. Roll me a perception check. Natural 20. Wow. Okay. Um, so here's what you get. As you're approaching the coast, the ship has slowed a bit and you're looking through the spyglass watching the tree line. First, off to the left, you can see that there's a gap in the coastline, probably large enough to fit a ship, that weaves its way inland, forming some kind of river that looks like it's depositing out into the ocean. And then as you turn and follow the coastline down and scan it back and forth, you look a little bit further and you see a small arrangement of buildings made of um, wood with thatched roofs. Um, most of them are about a story tall and they're dotting the landscape along the shore. With this, you can see there are a handful of docks that stretch out onto the water of this kind of sandy beach along the coastline. Moored here currently, you can see one ship, relatively small, about half the size of the Lily. Um, with your natural 20, you can't quite see much, but you do notice it bears a worn and ruddy 
throw flag. So I scream down, I see a ship. Is it the one we're looking for? I think so. I haven't actually seen that ship, but it looks like it is. All right, come down. Um, We're going to bring this ship to a halt and formulate a plan of engagement. Tonight, our tale concludes on a river heading inland, far from the eyes of our adventuring party. Around us, the song of the jungle fauna rings through our ears like a symphony. Beneath our feet, the ground occasionally rumbles from the footfalls of titanic beasts just out of our line of sight. Not far away, we hear the sound of groaning sailors and the sharp bark of a man's voice cut into the symphony around us. In a driving rhythm, oak paddles splash against water and push a small rosewood boat upstream, deeper and deeper into the jungles beyond. At the pointed helm of this small dinghy stands Captain Galahad, the quarry of our party, and in his hands, a crude hand-drawn map of the river ahead. Hanging on his hip, a curved sword tinted with wear dangles from his belt. A smile rests upon his face that is driven by a hunger within his eyes. Success on this mission means power for eternity, and a seat next to the Deep One when its ascension begins. Hello, pirates, and thanks for sticking around. If you're looking for some fun tabletop content to fill up your time, I've been dipping my toes in a lot of really fun and creative stuff with some other content creators. Sorry, this closure is going to be a little bit of a long one. We've got a lot of fun stuff happening. So on this really fun podcast called Thornvale, I had the pleasure of playing one Wallace Crane, a kooky prospector on their Deadlands miniseries. If Weird West and Spooky Cowboys aren't your cup of tea, I've started on a collaboration with Dimension Door and Dice Shame on the Invictus stream, where we play Call of Cthulhu. Now, this is my first time ever playing this game, but it is scary. We streamed part one this last week, and it was a blast. I'm pretty sure they just posted it live, so check it out. I'll link to both of those in our episode description, so find them and show those other creators some love. They're really fun folks. Our theme song titled A New Hero in Town was created by Kevin McLeod. We use his work a lot throughout our production, so check out in Computech Music if you like the kind of themes and tones we're dishing out on this show. Our ambient tracks for this episode were created by Sword Coast Soundscapes, which you'll find linked in our episode description. At the end here, we also featured a piece of music composed by Dave from Four Orbs Podcast. Their show has been nominated for a handful of awards already, and their production quality is through the roof. Not to mention, Dave is one of the most kind creators I've ever had the pleasure of learning from. So absolutely check them out too. We'll be dropping episodes for this show during the off weeks of the main feed, so you can get double the aspirin in the same amount of time. Stay healthy and see you next week.